Hi, I'm Neil. I'm Tony. And I'm Drew. Welcome to the Trust in the Machine podcast. On tonight's episode, we talk about investing in cars and how it's always a good idea and you can never lose money doing it. This will be interesting to compare those and see uh, how accurate and repeatable we are with our latency clapping and all abilities. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one, yeah, one um, positive side effect of recording these podcasts is I feel like my synchronized clapping skills are just through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> I am just a pro now. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we started I, I am the hiccups. A, I am good. a metronome. That's good. I I, I yeah. function in time. I have no rhythm whatsoever, so that's good. Yeah, that's, that's helpful. That's good. Yeah, I didn't realize I didn't have rhythm until Raven started playing the bass, and then oh. I realized I do not have rhythm. Oh, yeah, and that, see, like, I, bassist is the hardest because you have to keep the rhythm. Like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, see, yeah. the thing is, like, I'm starting out playing rhythm right now, and then as I uh, drink more scotch, I think it's going to turn to jazz. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, boy. there go the hiccups again. Oh, oh please enjoy. So users. Drew's, yes. Drew's clearly had more than one glass of whiskey. Yeah, Drew is yes. a Drew is a cartoon we drunk now a, who just uh, sips off his triple X jug and hiccups all the time. Yeah, this is a uh, Paso Robles <laughs> red wine blend, uh, 2016 vintage. It's good. Raven it's and I were year. joking. Raven and I were joking year. about how all the wines. Wait, from no, it was a bad year. 2016 sucked. Uh I mean, okay. Yes, but as a vintage, <laughs> less. Raven and I were joking about how wines that come from 2020 in like four or five years are just going to be like, oh, God, I don't want to drink that. I don't remember Ooh. that shit. <laughs> uh, here's here's a statistic that's very well related to an automotive podcast. Apparently, there's up to 80% uh, red grape wine, red wine grape spoilage. Uh, for oh, good. The, what? In Napa Valley, due to the fires that have that have taken place, basically oh, the, the, no. the smoke has okay. ruined it. Oh yeah, Yikes. which yeah, you know. So there, not only will the wines Yikes. from this year be terrible, but there will also be few. Yes. Okay. Yes. So well, it'll, it's be, nice may, it'll be a highly sought giving. after bad year. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, the Ferrari California. Oh. <laughs> Hey, that that nicely segues us into our first topic. (laughs) Man, speaking of other sports cars that depreciate like rocks. Oh Lord, yeah. I uh, like. I feel like there are exactly two ways I could approach the words on the sheet that's in front of me here. As that is cars as investments, Um, and I believe the answer to both is just don't, don't do it. Just don't, don't, don't. You shouldn't. It's it's bad for both of us. You can make money from a hobby it can happen sure absolutely etsy but yep you can you can yeah, knit to your heart's content you can uh-huh. paint crafts are great i think they're beautiful and gorgeous and exciting i would not recommend necessarily that you go to your local dealership buy anything put it in a hermetically sealed bubble and bring it out 15 years later when you need the money because no. Why? Don't yeah. stop. Well, I think, please. I think just like there's there are a few cars that have actually beat the index funds. And like there's a few. They're out there. But like okay. if you're looking to use that as a source of investment. Yeah. If if you bought a Bugatti in nineteen forty nine, 
there is mm-hmm. a chance that you have made some appreciation on that car. If you bought a 911 in like 2011, there's a chance you've made a little bit of money. And mm-hmm. I guess depending on what it is, there's a chance you've made a little bit. But nevertheless, when you factor in inflation and storage and insurance and registration, okay, fine. Maybe not registration. You can send that $35 a year wherever, but... Like, you factor in everything that actually goes into keeping a Grand National for 20, 30 years now. It has to revolve around the Grand National. It does. It's the Grand National effect. I'm calling it the Grand National effect because it's always Grand Nationals. All Grand Nationals have Where are they? Like where that where are all the Grand Nationals? They're they're in the they're Where's the central repository? Okay, so they're they're, no well yeah, they're in bubbles, but they're in the cave adjacent to the C four cave. Oh, okay. And if you're not familiar with the C4 cave, we've we've frequently postulated that there is a C4 cave somewhere uh, northern Idaho is our best guess. Not uh, to be Idaho. confused with the explosive, but the fourth generation of Corvette. Correct. Just, Correct. Yeah. Yes. There is a there is a uh, uh, the 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 National Corvette Repository up there, um, yeah. and it was a reserve that was created to um, you know to make sure that we had we always maintained a, a Corvette gap with the Soviets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it, there's basically they're they're letting it out now slowly via bring a trailer. So that's yeah. that's where all of your eight thousand mile C fours are because they were all parked in 1994. The yeah, uh, the U.S. government went very uh, very Corvette heavy on yeah. its uh, uh, yeah position. Yeah, basically. I yeah. I, I think that yeah. the two things worth calling out here is one when you go on Etsy, you actually have to make something, so it requires some input of skill, which buying a car does not have like nobody was yeah. like oh i'm gonna buy a 356 in 1950 or whatever because it's gonna yeah. appreciate they were like i want to go race a car and here's a race yeah. car and then they and if you got lucky you still had it when they were worth a million dollars or whatever yeah there's Absolutely. no uh, there's no specific skill there they were just having the money to buy a porsche and keeping it um yeah. you know i have sold several cars and made money on them the supra sure. being the biggest one i didn't sell it but i traded it for something that was worth much more yeah. than what it was worth when I first got it. And I didn't I made it worth less in the time I owned it because I added twenty five or thirty thousand miles to the odometer. I welded mm-hmm. the diff. I just did general <laughs> stupid idiot shit with it because I was a stupid idiot who wanted to drive my car and I did that. And yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. And I made money on it, but it wasn't because I was like skilled. I've sold photography and art before, but like those are things I had to actually make. So there's yeah. a there's a pretty significant difference there. Um, that was the first oh, yeah. thing I was going to say. What was the second one? I know, <laughs> I'm going to forget now because <laughs> uh, I got ranting about art and cars. Yeah. Uh, I guess the second thing is just like uh, if you you know there's if you invest in a car, um, I think that cars investments is a really weird one because the using a car as an investment is antithetical to its purpose. Like you can buy mm, art yes. as an investment and put it on the wall. Yeah. You know, you're like, you it don't drive art. It does, you're not going to add mileage, you know, so you store there, it carefully and you clean it, but you don't, you're not like, like your eyeballs are not degrading the painting. Do you know what I mean? Yes. There, yeah. there, there is a super fast, and I, I think there's a Planet Money episode. I, I consume entirely too many podcasts. I apologize to all of our <laughs> listeners, but I believe there's a, there's a Planet Money episode about the um, the nature of free ports. So if you've never heard of a free port, get ready to get pissed off. Um, so a, a, a free port is like a uh, jurisdiction neutral location. 
Essentially, it does not exist. And the purpose of these free ports is basically for you to go buy art at an auction and oh, then you go yeah. park it in a warehouse somewhere yep. outside of an airport in rural New York. And that painting is not in the United States. That painting exists yep. somewhere in limbo out over the Atlantic because technically it hasn't gone through customs yet. And in yep. 15 years, you, you break it out from its Indiana Jones hell where it's basically been boxed up and not viewed ever at all, ever, maybe mm-hmm. in a JPEG, I don't know. Um, and and you basically are able to sell it for whatever you want. It's basically a way to, to, to maintain assets. And if any artist yep. ever like found out that their shit was in there, I am sure they would be all kinds of livid. But anyway, yeah. uh, that's essentially what these cars are, is they're parked in Freeports. They're basically yep. yeah. you 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 liber- you take them from the dealership, you put them on a truck, you take that truck to a garage, you park it in the garage, and you leave it, and you only put delivery miles on it. And I this is a phenomenon that, like, what percentage just from the both of you? And I I'm, I literally don't know the answer to this, but what percentage do you think of these actually make money? Um, I would say make money. Oof. Like, what percentage do you think yeah. do more than I, break even yeah. or above? Like, I, even I think that. if you if you quantified it more to um, shut up, you I'm recording a podcast. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, Brandon. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I think if you better quantified it as what cars appreciate more than say ten percent. Well, and I, I think God. that number drops off inflation? dramatically. If you sure. include if you include yeah. inflation, I I sure. think you might be in a single digit percentage of cars that actually make money. I think the only cars Just that have working, actually working the numbers, I really don't think. So I, I think, I think the, the only ones that actually like do can actually beat the odds are actually ones that like actually get driven and they turn into like a barn find Mira or something like that. Yeah, oh. you know, I you know, see, I, think, I think I think. But that's um, not that's not what we're talking about. So, so I, I think I was a, just gonna say. Oh, go ahead. Never mind. You're fine. <laughs> I was just gonna say there's a couple <laughs> ways to approach this. One is if you take the total percentage of cars made in the year 2020, and you say how many of these will be resold at any date for a, a profit, it's gonna be fractions of one percent. You know, most cars will not appreciate. That is an interesting now, way to put it. Okay. But let's say, okay, how many cars existing today that were built in 1970 could be sold for a profit versus what they were originally sold for, including inflation? And you're probably somewhere around 15, 20%. You know, you figure a a 240Z nowadays goes for 40 grand. They sold a bunch of those at, you know, the inflation just equivalent of 25. I'm just saying. Factor in registration, factor in. Tax title and license, factor in storage, factor in insurance. Like the th- the thing that kills me about investing in a car is that that is not mm-hmm. a static expense. You and, no, and you could say it's it is. not a lump of gold. Yeah, no, no. I mean, and I mean yeah. that's the thing. If you want to, so from from the one perspective that I understand investing in cars, and this is different than what we're originally discussing, because like w- what we're really decrying here is here's a car Don't. and a trailer with. 300 oh. miles on it or 3,000 miles on it. Like I see a lot of Blech. really low mileage S2000s where they put on less than, you know, 500 miles a year. And it's just yeah. like, okay, you didn't enjoy this car because there's no way you could have. You can't enjoy a car in 500 miles a year. You know, I've owned cars that were broken for three quarters of the year and I put 
10,000 miles on them in that year anyway, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not driving it that much. So so you're depriving yourself this enjoyment, and presumably the goal is to make some money off of it at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is a bad choice of investment. If you look at cars from the perspective of, okay... I'm going to buy, you know, I'm a multimillionaire or a billionaire or whatever, which I'm not. Uh, but let's pretend I was because it's fun. I like these thought exercises because I think about what cars sure. I buy. So let's Indeed. say I buy a, a new T50 because I would actually buy one of those if I had a billion dollars. Oh, you know, shit. That blows up my argument because you're actually going to make money on one of those. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. You get to go drive that thing. You can probably put 100,000 miles on it. You could enjoy the hell out of yes, it. And you'd yes. sell it and make a bunch of money off of it. Yeah. You know, they, if yeah, you're buying a C5 Corvette base model. I still don't think you're going to make a bunch of money. No, like, no, you're you'll not. Make, uh, I, don't, okay. I think you'll, you'll probably make money. But again, like, if we're going to look at, you know, like, actually making a good percentage more than what you put into the vehicle, I, I think, you know, really... Going back to the art argument, the cars that are closer to the art end of the spectrum are probably the ones that are going to be the only ones to actually do well on sort yeah. of like a oh, yeah. appreciation. Yeah, you yeah. Know, Cords, I, I think the Mira is the spec. Yeah. Yes. yeah, 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 But but I, I and and like there, there is a stratosphere of cars where if you went and bought a 250 GTO today, yes. and you put 874,000 miles on that 250 GTO in the mm-hmm. next however long it takes you to put 874,000 miles on it, you could sell it at the end of that period. Why don't you ask Irv Gordon? Yeah. That, dude's, that dude knows how to mileage. I, his I Volvo, li- his P1800 is probably yeah. worth some money. But anyways. You, you could sell that 250 GTO for mm-hmm. exactly the same amount of money. Yeah, cause, but that's, that's but a case there, where they there, only there made, is, what, There is like a stratosphere of cars of where, where there's a value that achieves escape velocity regardless of my... Like, a, if you went mm-hmm. out and bought your, your garden variety 300 SL Gullwing, um, I'm convinced you could go drive it 100,000 miles in the next five years, and you would absolutely make your money back and then some on it. Yeah. Period. Sure. Like, regardless. And, and from that perspective, like, okay, let's say you're rich, and you have money sweet and you would yeah and you would like to buy something enjoy it and then make your money back from that perspective a car as investment kind of makes sense because like you can spend all that money on your 300 sl gullwing go drive the hell out of it and then sell it when you're done but make your money back there is a limited 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 number of cars that you can do that with oh yeah that is your miras your your 300 s like there, yeah. there are a hand. I wouldn't even say that every single Ferrari built in 1962, you're, you're going to go out and be able to do that with. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Uh, and I think, like the really the the most important sort of point that Tony made earlier, I 100% agree with, is that I think, by and large, uh, it's antithetical to the prospect of yes. car ownership. Like yes. if you if you buy a car with in, investment purposes in mind, you've already probably kind of gone into it for the wrong reasons you know this is not to say that that is always the case there are outliers i get it but as a whole you know if you're gonna go buy a first gen bronco like the re-release and like put that in a barn and sit on it someone's totally gonna do that aren't they someone's totally gonna go buy a top spec oh yeah they're gonna they're gonna get the launch edition several people that are gonna buy the launch edition they're gonna take they're gonna take the tires off or take the wheels off they're gonna put it on blocks and like let it sit for like 30 fucking years and then they're gonna go look at my two mile bronco i mean and the 
dummies of the world will rejoice, but I think there's a good majority of people that the, just the thing that I think about uh, the thing that I think about a lot is, um, and I mentioned him on the last episode too. So now he's getting two shoutouts. Nice. <laughs> but Myron Vernus, the car collector yes. I'm friends with, uh, he posted a picture on his Twitter recently of him taking his one of one in existence Honda Lady to AutoZone. Yes, it's, it is a it is a it is a Italian coach built car. It's a we talked about it in our concept cars episode. It is it is literally the definition of how rare can a car get because they built one for the Geneva yes. Auto mm-hmm. Show in like seventy three. Yes, he owns it, uh, and he drove it to AutoZone to pick up stuff for one of his other cars, like a normal Honda Civic. Like he drove it. He has the rarest car possible. He has the means to have an incredible car collection, mm-hmm. and he doesn't drive some of them because they're like you know being worked on or whatever. But yeah. like he still he has a car collection, and I don't think he has ever really considered monetary value. Just like talking to him, that is not what excites him. He owns yeah. stuff he owns because he likes it. And, you know, if he sells something and makes money, he buys another car with it, I'm assuming, just based on you yeah. know, what I've seen of his collection. Sure. So, like, that to me is, I'm sure if he sold that car tomorrow, he'd get his money back because it's so rare. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's one of one. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who would like to have it. And he wouldn't lose yeah. money. But also, yeah. he doesn't stop using it as a car. You know, it's still he still uses it as a means of transportation. He doesn't drive it every day because, like, yeah. that'd be ridiculous. But he yeah. he still takes it out to the store to make errand runs. Like that is yeah. that is that is clearly a car enthusiast thing to do. And that's like he he gets a pass though with that. Uh, you know, like if he didn't do that, like I think it's awesome that he does. But if he didn't, I can understand when you've got a one of one. You know, uh, like preservation. If, if, if you're yeah yes, right exactly. Yes, this is yeah. like you know you're you're not uh, you're not preserving. To go back to it, a Grand National. They <laughs> didn't make that few of them. Yes. Um, they, yeah. they exist outside of whoever's hoarding them. Yes. Um, you know, so, so yeah, like if, if you know, you have a, the 250 GTO, again, they made like, what, 20 or 30 of them? Yeah. Yeah. Those, like, if you didn't drive it, can't blame you one bit. Because, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, every one of those cars, the chassis has a story that's, like, you know, rooted in motorsports history. Like, it makes sense. But this is not the same as a normal, typical production car. No. I mean, no. even if we're talking serialized production of more than, I'm going to go ahead and say, 100 units a year. No. Nope, yeah, you got to drive it. That's my cutoff. My, my, like, my point your with, GT3 RS is not a museum piece. Yeah. My, my point with this story is just that this is literally the rarest car I could imagine. You know, and oh, it's yeah. important mm-hmm. to me as a Honda fanatic. Like this mm-hmm. is a pretty seminal moment in their design history right. to have this car debut. It took them, made them get taken more seriously by other manufacturers, and it influenced their language for the next decade. Um, and even with that, even with the rarity of the car, you know, the the caliber of the collection that it's part of, and you know, the seriousness of the collector who owns it, still understands that you know he needs to use it as a car like he yeah. could he could not he could garage it and i would never give him any complaints about it I, I, it's not my place to complain about his collection anyway but my point yeah. is like that is definitely a car of the caliber that you could do that and everybody would be like yeah i get it and still doesn't it's just like yeah i'm gonna drive it because yeah. it's a fun car to drive and i like to drive it and that's but, it, but did that's he what buy I'm getting. it as an investment no, he doesn't buy anything as investments, as far as I'm aware. Exactly. He buys things because so, he likes like them. Then, yeah, I mean, that's like but he's that's, already kind of... That's my point. That, that's like, the best consumer advice we could probably offer here yeah. is 
buy things that you like. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. like yeah. what you like and buy the things you like. Don't go out and buy something and put it up on blocks because it you one the business model just simply like okay I get that there are a handful handful of brokers out there that can actually make this work and make money mm-hmm. but you are not them if you can hear <laughs> yep. the sound of my voice there is a very good chance that is not you um, yep. yeah and it, to it's be just, fair we're like, also probably pe- preaching to the choir here because I feel like oh, our audience got, yeah, probably was, doesn't yeah. like this either literally I don't have to put reverb on our along. mics to know that we're in an echo chamber sometimes yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I will say, it, yeah, that I, I, I completely, I, I don't understand it. I do not understand the Grand National effect. Don't so, um, let's. I was gonna say before we completely kill this horse dead, uh, let's talk about that McLaren. Oh yeah, completely on the other oh, side yeah. of the spectrum, but in the same vein as yeah. losing money. Hey folks, yeah. have I got a deal for you. <laughs> Go visit your local McLaren dealer for offers and deals and lose your shirt. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you want me just to go ahead and read the fact? Yeah, yeah. Give, give us the intro. Yep. Okay. So uh, what we have here, what I have in front of me currently, um, is a two thousand model year two thousand eighteen, sold in twenty seventeen, uh, McLaren seven twenty S performance. The vehicle originally sold in uh, twenty seventeen when it was acquired uh, for three hundred seventy six thousand uh, six hundred nineteen dollars. The hammer price on Bring a Trailer on October 13th, 2020, was $221,000 even, bringing a total loss of $155,619. That's a deal, folks. Yikes. How many miles did this have, Drew? 6,200 over the course of three years. Just read the, the, the top line math on that. That is a mm-hmm. 41% decrease in the sticker price over three years. So Drew and I did some fun math on this, actually. Yes, and, we did. Uh, so it gets even, if you think it's sad now, it gets more sad. <laughs> um, so let's, let's do some uh, sort of cursory, like napkin math here. So yep. assuming, you know, that this wasn't like some stupid tax shelter, I'm going to register my car in Montana. Fuck you. Don't do that shit. You're the worst. Mo- Montana's um, cracking down on that, by the way. Just an FYI. Yeah, I know, but still. So assuming they paid sales tax on it is what I'm getting at. Yes. Um, you know, and, and registration and all that. So um, assuming like in Dallas or in Texas, uh, 6% tax on motor vehicle purchases. So... Um, the tax on that would have been around $23,000. Yep. Uh, we did a spitball number of $15,000. So 5,000 a year of insurance for that car for three years. Yep. So yeah, there's 15,000 and then just assume, let's say 10,000 in services. So, um, that's probably on the high side, but I don't think unrealistic for a 720. It is. Yeah. That's not, that's not out of the ballpark. So, Again, if you're mad at me, tweet at me, whatever. It's napkin math. We're just making fun of a really funny listing. It's Anyways, fantastic. that brings that brings <laughs> so if you know, if if you're adding all that up, um, for those of you keeping score at home, we are at four hundred and like twenty five thousand dollars. Thereabouts. For six thousand two hundred miles. Now, uh he got 
or she or they uh, got two hundred twenty-one thousand dollars back. Uh, so their total loss would have been. I actually don't have this in front of me right now, so I am going to calculate it again. <laughs> yeah. We're doing um, the but, live. Yeah, yes. the, the numbers are hilarious. I actually did close the Excel spreadsheet that I had all this. I, I was just like sitting here. Originally, I clicked the ad, and I'm like, how much did these sell for originally? I can't remember how much so, these sell for. Oh, shit. <laughs> we're, we're figuring conservatively, uh, you know, assuming there's not some like tax shenanigans that I don't know of, um, which of course there probably are. But anyways, uh, the math says that that, the owner lost $203,000, give or take. Um, and so if you want to like really contextualize how dumb that number is, oh, that works out to be... Uh, Tony, take a, take a guess. Like, How many dollars per mile do you think that works out to be? Two hundred grand over six why are you making me do math on the podcast again yes. this is yes. now our running joke yes. this is torture this is yes torture. absolutely walked right into it got me into this kind of thing <laughs> oh my god it's like it's like 34 dollars a mile okay 34 do- i walk two yeah. miles a morning can i make 70 dollars doing that <laughs> so uh yeah so so the math on that is um Basically, like a roundabout number for the average American commute is somewhere at about 15 miles each way. So, 30 mile round trip. Yep. If you were to just drive this car to the office one day for this period of ownership, it would have cost you $1,030.65. Yep. Plus gas. Yep. <laughs> Which is about, we, we worked that out. That's about. 30 bucks a gallon? Not 30 bucks. Maybe yeah. less than that. Which means, which means like the average American salary could maybe afford to drive this car to work 40 yeah. to 45 hey, days a year. Can, can you do me a favor with that uh, that that total number? It's 200 something thousand? Can, yeah. can you divide that number by 1,096 real quick? Divide it by 196? 1,096. Oh, 1,096. Between, between October 13th, 2017 and October 13th, 2020, when this car was sold, that is 1,096 days. So if you take that 200,000 and oh, divide that by yeah. 1,096, That's what's, fun. what's the number that comes out there? It costs you per day. Per day. I'm going to actually... No, I'm going to do this. I'm going to divide that by... Uh, 24. Oh, yeah. So, even better. Yeah. Um, yep. And man, uh, if our numbers are accurate, uh, there is some like deeper, uh, philosophical meaning about like American, you know, minimum wage. Oh, it's yeah. $7.70 per hour yep. to own that car. Per so, hour. Now, what, is, what does that work? What does that work out to per day? That's uh, one eighty-five. That's one hundred and eighty-five dollars a day. So twenty-two. It, again, and, and I'm I'm isolating for employment, social security, and Medicare taxes here, but uh, the minimum wage in the United States is seven dollars and twenty-five cents an hour, which is a whole different, you know, philosophical conversation that we can have at a different time. Please join us for the after show for that. Yeah, um, I've dragged Drew into it. Yeah, trust <laughs> in the machine after dark. Le- yeah. Le- yeah. <laughs> Le- le- legitimately, you you could hire someone full time, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, for thirty six months to punch you in the face every hour on the hour, and it would cost you less money than purchasing this McLaren seven twenty S. 
I mean, really, that's a bargain because if it, like, let's say it takes somebody five minutes to prep and punch you in the face once oh, an hour. Yeah. Really, you're only getting. That's, you know, that's not that? an easy job. You ever punch somebody Five. in the face 24 times a day? Like you're on call, <laughs> middle of the night, holidays, Benefits weekends. Suck. You got to you got to punch this rich yeah. guy in the face. Like it uh, like the first few times, I don't know, first couple of weeks could be a lot of fun. I don't know. You, you know, get a good workout. I'm, but man, yeah. that's the more a lot. we talk about this, Drew, I just don't think you should kink shame rich people like that. <laughs> <laughs> I have unconventional It's just not desires. very fair to them. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my gosh. Yeah, if it's your prerogative to do that, boy, uh, I, I can't say that I agree with it, but I, yeah, I people do it. Have, I legitimately have questions how you even rent one of these out. Like, you're, you're, you're talking like $4,000 a month in depreciation? Is that is that somewhere? Yeah, that maybe sounds about that. right, honestly. 185 I mean, times yeah. 30. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean. How much is that? Yeah, 5,500 bucks a month. $5,500 a month in depreciation. That's just what they're, yeah, that's oof. depreciation. Yeah. Oof. Uh-huh. Golly. That's, I mean, that's just phenomenal. And I mean, all cars depreciate. Like, the difference sure. oh, is that yeah. I don't, like, I have never in my entire What's... life been friends or even known a person who has sold a car after two years. They lease maybe, and they'll you know do their lease. They get a good well, lease yeah, deal, whatever. You know the, that's the a, math on that's that a makes choice sense. for other people to make. I, you know, I've never yeah. I've yeah. never leased, but like I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, like yeah. everybody I know who buys a car owns that car for like at least a decade. You know. Uh, Raven specifically is a great example. She got her Honda Civic as a used car in 2008, and it's still in our driveway. Yeah, it's much faster but now, but even, like uh, it, it. Yeah. So here's here's a another data point. So if it depreciates 185 and a half dollars a day, yes, give yep. or take, that means it depreciates approximately one base M3 per year. <laughs> like so like this car was say. made out of bmw m3s and then yeah. every year like the you know uh the wizard what? not wizard yeah wizard the uh the like omen of death or whatever comes and carves an m3 out of it and then yeah you know the so, next year so, they do it again then, then okay. they do it again i, th- I think we, we've we had this conversation on an earlier episode obviously i'm i'm buying the gt350 uh with my base gt350 money every year and you're telling me yeah. i buy th- i buy that car on january 1st mm-hmm. i enjoy it and on december 31st i thelma and louise the damn thing oh yeah and i go out and buy another one the next day and i'm yep. i'm literally coming out with the ahead. exact same yeah I, yep. I come out ahead on i mean probably or maybe yeah, even close the insurance. but yeah yeah i yeah. Well, at least for the first one. <laughs> if they found a correlation between December 31st and you blowing up a GT350, they may cease to cover you. It happens. You know, these, these things happen. Sometimes you just get born under a bad sign, Drew. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the the like it absolutely kills me here because the 720 is is a a very cool car. It is a neat uh-huh. car. Uh, it's a super it is, cool car. It is a spaceship. I take yeah. that back. It's not a car at all. It's a spaceship. It looks great. I mean, this one even is a fantastic spec. Like, it is a gorgeous, mm-hmm. like, Cabernet red. Mm-hmm. It's great. Fantastic. Can't necessarily say I give it the Consumer Reports full dot. Like, that 
Nope. <laughs> Not happening. Not from me. Nope. Hard pass. Man. Oh, so Clearly, I, I guess the answer here yeah. is to encourage rich people to buy Hondas because they don't depreciate because they're such good cars. Yeah. I, that's that. Honda, yeah, the, the, yeah. Please give well, me once a car again the lesson. The lesson that they said. Yeah. Sing its praises, man. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so so one car that I think we're forgetting about here, though, if we want to talk about like appreciation or pseudo appreciation, is the ninety thousand dollars CTSV. Oh, you're gonna. Oh no. Angry. We're I just was, gonna make Drew mad I, now. We skipped I wrote that, that on bullet purpose. Point. I regret writing that bullet point. We skipped right past that. I bullet almost point forgot about it too. As, that person as the made money. As the so resident, let's, let's barely, barely, barely. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold barely. on. Let's give some exposition here. What the hell are we talking about, Drew? It's it's, it's uh, let's it, let's see that blood pressure rise, buddy. Oh <laughs> so it is it's it's a it is the and I, I am not going to say the name of the color on the air. It is a very rare color, I believe. I got into it with somebody. And when I say I got into it, I was discussing with somebody that is putting together a repository for CTSV wagons. I believe it is it is one of eleven or fourteen in that color. Um, As a matter of fact, Neil, you and I know somebody else that has one in that color. But anyway, um, we do. Yeah, we do. And actually, that's their second one, and I completely understand why now. Um, Yes. But uh, yeah, it was it it is a very it is the spec like it is the spec to have. This yeah. was a CTSV wagon, wagon. that Manual. sold for ninety thousand dollars on Bring a Trailer like two weeks ago, a week and a half ago at the time. Manual, of right? I'm still, I'm still, yeah, yeah manual. manual. I'm still mm-hmm. mad about it. How many yeah. miles were on it? Uh, it was thirteen thousand. So somebody, somebody drove it, but not a lot. Like yeah. somebody, what, this was what a year was it? A twenty fourteen, I believe. This was this okay, was like 14. last year. Manual in a spectacular. I, I would probably get the purple, but it is a spectacular shade Mm-mm. of blue. It's it's a yeah. like all CTSV wagons are good cars. It doesn't matter what spec you got it in, but mm-hmm. this was like one of the the rarest of the rare of the rare of the amazing. And like they're not gonna lose money on it. And granted, they wrecked the bell curve on 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 resale. This mm-hmm. was by yeah. a like twenty thousand dollars the most expensive CTSV wagon that's been sold on Bring a Trailer. Acknowledging that up front. And like top five car that GM has ever produced, absolutely, I have like a place for a CTSV wagon, hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Oh man, does this car make me angry though? <laughs> oh man, does this thing make me angry? And I, I'm not sure yeah. if that's entirely because uh, I wanted one, and now yep. that that's sold I think for ninety thousand dollars. I'm never yep. gonna have one. That's not gonna happen. Because I, I mean, ever, I, ever, I think ever. if we want to point to bring a trailer and just absolutely ludicrous prices on cars that should not be selling for ludicrous prices, I mean, there are listings abound on that website. But if I can poke a little bit, I think this one just hits close to home because it's GM. Oh, I hate it so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Like, I, yeah. I, I test drove these new back when back in 2013, I think, and 2014. Same. I test drove. Yep. I test drove an automatic and I test drove a manual. Um, and I've got a picture on my phone somewhere of like 14 wagons lined up in a row on a, a showroom uh, parking garage um, that I will keep and treasure forever. But mm-hmm. I am so like just egregiously ang- like shopping for E63 wagons to prove my point mad 
about a $90,000 CTSV wagon because no, that's wrong. That shouldn't be. And this is, this is purely a Twilight Zone, like my glasses break as I am free to read all the books moment. How like, does, so how does that fit into the, our, our whole like slant as cars as investments? Don't do it because it makes me angry. <laughs> Does that fit the whole theme? Yeah, because like, uh, what do you think that car would have sold for if it had double the miles? Uh, not ninety thousand dollars now. I, I jet look. I, I I'll be. I think I'll it would have upfront. That car probably that set a high water. Someone someone's gonna make. Yeah. They they can hold on to it for five years. They're gonna make ninety thousand dollars on that car. Uh, I mean, GM produced uh, what. 1500 1700 I I should actually know this because I I have the Excel spreadsheet with all the production numbers broken down by option codes and colors um but yeah I mean they, they made not a lot of these these are epic 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 cars to drive they're phenomenal and this is coming from somebody that that has a love relationship with with an E63 wagon like the, these are absolutely spectacularly epic cars, and they're going to make their money out of it. I'm just frustrated that that moment happened now. Like they <laughs> they didn't depreciate that yeah. far, and not only that, but okay, the the sedan version of a CTSV is what forty five, probably. Yeah, you you get you find the Around. best CTSV sedan twenty. Okay, but they're the a lot uglier than the wagons are. The wagons look yeah. so much cooler. It's yeah. the same. It's the same experience. I, I know it's, it's the same, same experience. But I have to walk out from to the, the inside, garage, maybe, but not from the outside. And look at it, and the wagon is so much cooler looking. So that's yeah, why, the right there. Super cool. Yeah. No. And I'm. I'm. This is. You this don't is want a sedan, defense right? Mechanism. My armor is up. My guard <laughs> is on. I want if, to be angry at this person. I want to not like them for making ninety thousand dollars on this car that I am desperately in love with. If they sent you a message ah. to, tonight, though, asking, like, hey, do you want to come check this car out tomorrow? Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make sure that we all understand where you're at I, here. Yeah, no, I 100% think that, that whoever this person is, this magical human being, they're, they're absolutely going to make their $90,000 back. They'll make their $90,000 back, and if they're lucky, yeah. they might get to drive it a bunch, too, from the sounds of it. If oh, it's that oh, rare a spec, yeah. you could probably you enjoy can, this yeah. and then still yes. make your money back, which is what yes. I was saying earlier. Like, If you like CTSV wagons, and you're like, wow, I'd like to buy this, but like, I'd hate to thro- burn $90,000, then here you go. You can buy this. Maybe you make eighty, you put 50,000 miles on it, you, you enjoy yourself, and then you get it back. Yeah. That's Hold that's on. the sense that it makes sense to yeah. me in, you know. Hold on to it for fifteen years and put one hundred and fifty thousand miles on it. You're going to make the money back. Yeah, like, exactly. They did not make and 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 I, I think I've teased this before about Enzo's constant. I yes. really need to go ahead and finish that content, but mm-hmm. I keep adding cars to that list. <laughs> and like uh, when it when it comes down to it, the the CTSV wagon and just just to go ahead and like I I won't tease the the listeners of this too much, but Enzo's constant is one thousand three hundred and fifteen which is the number of F40s that were produced over the course of their production run. And I say that, and I'm using that as a constant because that currently, as of this very moment, is a car that you can go out and buy, and any example could potentially be worth up to a million bucks. It is the the highest production car that that has ever attained that, I believe. Um, And again, I need to do more math on that. But anyway, 
I, I use that as a constant as like the over under and definition of a rare car. And mm-hmm. when it comes down to rare cars, the, uh, the, the Enzo's constant on a CTS V wagon is real close to one. Yeah. Like, like third gen Camaro one LEs are also close to one. So it's not necessarily tied to value, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my definition of, rare. I would much rather have a Camaro one LE than a, an Enzo, but that maybe it's just me. Actually, oh, oh, this almost is this is an F- Would you rather have one over an F forty? Yeah, this is I would F40. have the Enzo. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, F forty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Hands yeah. down, I'm taking the F forty. Yeah, that's a closer yeah. call for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's tough. yeah. Because you're gonna okay. take the F forty. If you if yeah. you say anything but the F forty, I don't believe you. There is one, one, one third gen I would take over an F forty. One. Shout out to Detroit Speed, who does not sponsor this podcast yet, but if I keep dropping your name, maybe you will. Damn it. I love your products. It's the DSEZ. I want it so badly. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. I God, I just want a CTSV wagon so badly. They're so cool. They're just... Whoever you are out there, great purchase, good work. Please, please, please drive your damn car. Please, because I want to see it. And it will mm-hmm. make my day. Every time I see a CTSV wagon, it makes my day. They're just yeah. happy. Well, yeah. I guess that brings us to kind of the next segment of uh, yeah. of the show, which is yeah. If you're if buying a car as an investment is a bad idea, uh-huh. then you should modify <laughs> it, right? Always categorically. Which I guess we, we yeah, were we talking. This. We were talking recently about the whole idea of built versus bought. Yeah, oh, which from a value oh. perspective, uh, just this is also a rule of the universe. If you put in ten thousand, it's going to be worth fifteen thousand more. I know what I got. No low. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes, that is the Craigslist valuation. Uh, hey, 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 hey! Do you need help selling that car? No. Do you need any help with that? I can help. No. Stop. I uh, no spam. every every dollar I have ever put into a car has lowered its value by about two dollars. So yeah. <laughs> that actually seems to be the that, better. That is actually pretty, pretty much more accurate. Like I put in, yeah. you know, thousands of dollars to work to my Supra and it would have been worth vastly more if I had just never fucked with it. Um, Negative yeah. money. Yeah. Uh, Man. But uh, I guess the, the, the debate now comes down to, you know, we, we discussed whether you should invest in cars, make all your money off them. I guess the question now is, should you build or buy your your oh. project is it it's built versus bought are, are we like a really shitty financial advice yeah this is the financial advice now. episode we're, of trust we are, the machine yeah where all we're, three we're of these people Dave who Ramsey. spend way yeah. too much money on stupid horrible cars tell you how to spend your money <laughs> yeah Better yet, call me and I'll spend it for you. <laughs> yeah, I think all three of us are are imminently qualified. Like we have we have whatever yeah. the the top tier professional certification in spending other people's money is. Yeah, Trust- like yeah. the thing is, all three of us can sell cars, but unfortunately, none of the cars that we want to sell currently exist on showroom floors. <laughs> yeah. Trust so, the machine. Yeah. We've been through that pain, so you don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's sort of where I'm coming um, from on this. Uh, I guess, Ooh, I mean, I let off oof. with it, so somebody has to take it from now. Yeah, okay. built, built Not Bought is one of those bumper stickers that I see in like a thousand places. And I, again, I'm not classically trained. I did not grow up in ancient Greece. 
I can't necessarily say this is 100% accurate, but I do believe that's a logical fallacy under a false dichotomy. Um, built, built, not bought uh, as, as like King Klutz and somebody who has thrown wrenches in the past. Uh, I hate you so much, whoever you are out there that has that bumper sticker. It's a false dichotomy. It's a lie. It's a lie. Stop believing it. Whoever you are out there, please. Well, oh my gosh. I, I think the worst thing about built not bought is it's it transforms from you know I think the intention is pride in in your craftsmanship yeah or craftspersonship what? if yeah. if you if you make something you want to be proud of it and, and that's awesome yes but the problem is it morphs from pride in what you're doing to gatekeeping and goalpost setting of like what defines built. And yeah. what defines bought, and one is categorically worse than the other, which yes. is, oh my god, insufferable! Stop. Yeah, I, I think stop. literally, yeah. The best example that I had that I I realized recently was uh, I was discussing this with some friends of mine about like what the dis- where's the line between built not bought because like <laughs> uh, does does Christian von Koenigsegg's you know self made automotive brand not count as built because he got Ford modular blocks for the CCX. Is that bought? Because the, the block design was not his own. I'm, uh, I'm the, saying. And I was, is I was the being, new Toyota Supra bought, not built? Well, that's a... Oh, don't get me started on that one, but... <laughs> um, but I, I think the thing that made me realize it was like, uh, you know, for my consideration, I had always figured like, oh, that whenever you start messing with the engine, that's like you're in a build territory. You're building a car. And one of my friends um, who runs uh, Suicide Jockeys, she made a bunch of really cool stuff for my Accord. I should post that on Twitter. But, oh, um, yeah. No, you should, you should definitely Yeah, like little resin Twitter. stuff. She, yes. does, she does super yeah, yeah, cool yeah. Um, artistic work. But she has a, a 1992 Volvo 740 wagon with the uh, lesbian pride flag painted on it and an LS swap. It is yes. absolutely bitching. And to me, <laughs> seeing that, badass. that is the definition of yeah. a build. Like, it's a yeah. Chevrolet yeah. motor in a Volvo wagon. And Clearly. she yep. said that people have told her repeatedly, men have told her repeatedly, that, like, that is not a build because the motor, it was just a motor swap. And it's like, Listener, okay... You, you can't hear this, but I'm blinking aggressively. <laughs> it's like, okay, so... So where is the line, and does that line really matter? Like, I only ever did to... suspension and stuff, but I mean, I worked my ass off of my car, and I was proud of it. Does that, but does that make it less because I bought suspension and installed it? Like, I look at it this way: trying to find where that, like, trying to measure where that line is, is about as logical as asking how many feet are in a second. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't. You know, um, if because. It honestly feels like more often than not, it just turns into, I did this. If you did less, you're not like you didn't build. I built, you didn't build. Yeah, no, I would agree. And and so I get that not everybody's like that, but I just think that that environment or that atmosphere is... You know, like, why is it, why is that got to be a a useful point to, to show that you're more of the you know, like alpha car enthusiast than, Ugh. you know, some other like beta wallet carrying, you know, buy everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, 
Like, am I, I am I not a car enthusiast? Because I bought my car instead of built it from like. You, I'm sorry, I didn't go to to a, a steel mill and like roll forge all of the you know suspension components and then cast an aluminum block. Oh, oh, you you didn't weave your own carbon fiber. You didn't weave each individual no. strand of that. Whoa, wow, no, I actually went. Yeah. I, w- I went into like Mount Doom, and like you know forge some you know uh, valve guides out of. You know, yeah. some some yeah. trippy metal up there. Fun, fun fact: that's actually where they smelted all the four liter Jeep heads. Was in Mountain Dew, <laughs> <laughs> which I believe is located in Toledo, Ohio. Um, in any oh, case, I, I have a secret to tell y'all, and that is, uh, uh, like, do you know like the secret behind being a car enthusiast? You know what the truth, like the true, what makes you a car enthusiast? Hold on here. You know, is, it you know what it is? Cars? Oh! is it liking cars? What? That's, hey, we didn't even plan this, that. Don't tell anybody, but yeah, the, the secret of being a car enthusiast is liking cars. That's it. That's that is the threshold. Congratulations. Yeah. If you like cars, you are a car enthusiast. There is no. I don't change my own oil. I don't. There it is. It's out there in the open. Sorry, folks. I don't. I hate dealing with used oil, and I like taking to places that are going to throw it away responsibly. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, when I first got my Supra, I had this really big hang up that like if I, and I know a lot of people who have gone through this, so I don't think it was just me, but I had this hang up where it was like, if I let anybody else turn a bolt on my car, it was Mm -hmm. deep shame. Like I had to feel bad. Like it was, Ah. it was, but that was how I approached it for the first three years, I think. I was like, I have to do every oil change, every brake pad change. Every single thing possible that comes up, I have to do myself. And then finally, I think I was going to move um, to Houston. I was taking the car. I was driving the Super all the way down. And I was like, yeah. I want a timing belt because I don't know when this was done last. And it was the middle of winter. I didn't have an insulated garage. Uh, in, yeah. It was in Ohio. It was like zero degrees. So mm-hmm. I took it to a shop. And I was like, can you please put this timing belt in? Help me. And they were like, mm-hmm. Sure we'll put the time belt in. That's like what mechanic shops are for. Yeah. <laughs> and I came back in a day and they had the timing belt in and it was done and it never gave me another problem. It never gave me a problem as long as yeah. the car was around for the rest of the entire yeah. time I owned it. And I never thought about it mm-hmm. again because it was done with. And I never worry about whether I did it yeah. wrong or, yeah. you know, if I had the right tools, I didn't have to break my fingers on it. And it was like, yeah. that was when I started being like, I started taking the super and four oil changes after that. Cause I was like, yeah. I hate doing it on this car. It sucks. I can't get yeah. my hand in there. Why not save myself that and trouble? It's like $10 you know, exactly. more to take it in than it is to do yep. it yourself. Fuck it. I'm going to take it in. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that's, I think that kind of go, kind of boils back to it where it's just like, if you work on your car, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah no, it's extremely oh, yeah. cool. And if you don't, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, like I, you know, I have done every service on my Cayman, uh, short of an alignment, which I don't have the equipment for, and right. I'm not going to do it with like a ruler and a string. <laughs> so stop saying that. Um, you know, but like, you know, does that make me the alpha Cayman owner? Like, no, no, yeah. it, do, it does. It doesn't. Like you know, and and so like, anyway. it's it's something that I can like feel proud of. Yeah, like I I like the fact that I've done, you know, oh. every every yeah. service. You know, and every repair job that the Cayman is needed, I have done myself. But again, it's I can be proud of that for me, but applying that standard to anybody else is super unrealistic because I'm privileged enough to have a garage to work on it, the tools yeah. required 
the the experience and knowledge growing up having a dad who worked in a tool room that could show me how like mechanical systems work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and not everybody has had those set of experiences. I mean, I get that there's a lot of people that look like me, you know, uh, that fit the sort of, you know, you know, 30 year old white dude. Yeah. Probably (laughs) have a lot of overlapping experiences there, but you know, there's not a lot of people that, or there are some people that don't have that. And so again, to, to sort of use that as like a goalpost of what sets the threshold for being a car enthusiast. Well, if you have somebody change your oil, well, you know, you're an enthusiast. You can't turn a wrench. Yeah, I mean, fuck out of here. I, I got to a point in it, like I, I I've pulled the motor out of the Miata, I pulled the transmission out of the Miata. I've done like mm-hmm. I, I've done some major projects on that car. Like Neil, you helped me put a supercharger on the damn car. Like there was, All right. there was we, some cutting. We like held wrenches out at arm's length and just yep. kind of poked at the engine yeah. until a supercharger <laughs> fell in. And it did, like, <laughs> and it did, and it did, and it did. And, but like there yeah. there comes a point in time in a project where being able to like hold up your hands and say. I have taken this as far as this is going to go. And mm-hmm. everything that happens past this point is is either going to be some very expensive trial and error, or I could take this to a shop where someone who knows exactly what they're going to be doing is going to be an artisan about it and is going to get it done. Like yeah. the, the initial like troubleshooting the, the Miata when we originally dropped the motor in it was a months long process trying to figure out where all the the stuff that broke on it was and it inevitably ended up being it had a bad fuel pump and a bad coil at the same time and there was no way on God's green earth that I was going to figure that shit out. Yeah. So yeah. I am thankful to the people at Track Dog Racing for being able to figure that out in mm, 30 minutes. Yeah. It was yeah. great. The one I, yeah, I see think the you oh, know like Go ahead. Sorry, the the what kind of echoes with me, you know, cuz I think Drew and I I would I, f- I feel like I'm a car enthusiast and I think Drew is a car enthusiast but yeah. we have the different perspective of you know I like to do my own service Drew doesn't yeah. and the thing is I if anything like I think the standard protocol is for me to be punching down on Drew saying are oh, you afraid of turning a, a bolt like you big pansy you know but the the reality is like there's times that I feel like less of a car enthusiast than Drew because he can rattle off encyclopedically every engine code from every car ever made ever. Hello, everybody. You know? <laughs> and, and so that, that's kind of, again, where, where you get into this false arms race of like what car enthusiasm means, yeah. you know? And like, I get it. Like if you are like, I'm a car enthusiast and then also I hate cars. Well, okay, that's not a car enthusiast by definition, <laughs> you know? But if you like yeah. cars... And you probably in whatever capacity you can show. participate in the enthusiasm, you are Literally an enthusiast. That's it. Yeah. There I mean, realistically speaking, there is only one car enthusiast and his name is Bozy. That's it. That's it. There's only there is you know less about cars than Bozy does. Period. That's it. That's all there is to it. Yeah, that's you will always true. know less about cars. Yeah, Bozy yeah. has forgotten less he's forgotten more about Skodas than you will ever know about cars. <laughs> Period. Yep. That's all there is probably. to it. Probably. Yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 man, it absolutely drives me nuts. Every time I see like a shop build and I see somebody rolling around with a built, not bought, it's like, man, every shop that exists that builds cars, every single one, all of them, Smokey Nagata's Top Secret to Singer, everyone in between, that's bought. That's what they do. Yeah. That's that's it. That's how they exist. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just absolutely drive. I I would really like. I would really like to see somebody oh. tell somebody the owner of the top secret Supra, like, oh, you're not a car enthusiast. That thing was built. That yeah. thing was bought. <laughs> yeah. So, I yeah. mean, really, it, it just comes down to, like, 
what interests you. Like, I think Raven and I are a really good example of this, too, because Raven is super good at working on cars and really loves doing it, almost probably more than she likes driving. She just really likes messing with things, oh, you know? Oh, respect for that. Oh, I am, absolutely. I am there way more in that camp. I totally, yep. And yeah. I totally get it. And, yep. like, I work on oh, cars yeah. because... I work on cars because I'm cheap. Like, I work on them because I need to, to keep the cars that I like mm-hmm. around. But if I yeah. had any amount of money tomorrow and didn't need to work on them ever again, I mm-hmm. might stop. I might do, like, a few little things here and there for fun and, like, because yeah. I like using tools. But, like, yeah. I would never ever be like oh yeah i'm gonna do an oil change today because i feel like it like no one has fun doing that i'm convinced you have fun the first yeah. two times uh, you do it i do i okay. still do I, I like i like it that's fair uh, maybe that's it's because it's a chance for me to lay on my back and be quiet for <laughs> 20 minutes well, well, i'm, no, I'm no, one of those psychopaths that yeah. like when i work on cars i don't like having music on oh, usually wow uh, totally normal yeah that's that's totally it's, normal hey uh tony if you uh, can call the cops right now <laughs> i would but i don't uh, believe something about dinner back. with chianti and fava beans <laughs> yeah if you if like, and and again if i owned a cayman i would probably also change my own oil because there is a lot of exquisite engineering at play there and you could just you know divert yourself yeah. with all of the fun little ways that they engineered that car but I, I yeah no I, mm, I you're not getting into Miata Folks, and I, yeah I guess yeah, no. I guess the whole dichotomy breaks down to do whatever the hell you can afford and enjoy yeah I mean, so that's... I guess here's a question that I don't know if I have a good answer to so if I'm if I consider myself a builder you know yes. not from a not from a way of segregating myself from builders and not builders but I put effort into a car okay um, I've been considering that. You know, when I get to a certain point with the Cayman, I'm going to put in a new exhaust. I'm going to put in the, sure. you know, upgraded plenum, bigger throttle yep. bodies, yeah, yeah. Yep. you know, retune it. Like, okay, I have bought or built my car. Sure. Know, I'm using air quotes here. Um, like, what's a good way that somebody who builds can, like, be proud of that without, like, what's the bumper sticker? Like, if you had to replace built, not bought, because we think it's stupid and dumb. What do you replace it with? I drive my shit. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I, it. I think that's pretty much the universal car enthusiast thing. And I think one of the things that's useful too is like, you know, when I when I used to talk to people about the Supra, um, and I've had I've been on both sides of this now because I had you know, the Supra was quote unquote built. It wasn't built motor or whatever, it wasn't as insane as my friends. LS Volvo, but you know everything. You project everything I did on it, yeah. I did myself. You know, I, I even to the point mm-hmm. of like I did a lot of the wrap solo. I did some of it with help, but like I did a lot of the wrap. You know, interior, the suspension. You know, I did a lot of stuff as much as I could myself. And um, mm-hmm. then I bought this Accord, and I haven't. I put a steering wheel on it, and Raven helped me with that. You know, it's a Nardi. Yeah. it was like literally six bolts. Mm-hmm. Super straightforward. Everything else was there when I got it. And, you know, when I talked to people about the Supra, it was like, oh, I did these things because I, you know, thought they would improve the car this way and then it did or it didn't. And, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. still changing these things up or whatever. And, you know, I was like, I didn't know anything and now I learned it and then I worked on it and it's cool. Um, You know, it was presented as like, it's the same way I look at it when I like take pictures, you know, like when people see my Instagram page or whatever, they're like, oh, these are cool pictures. I'm like, thank you. I took them. You know, I I worked Mm -hmm. really hard to develop the skill and I'm proud of it. I don't, I'm not saying that like, because I took these, I'm better than anybody. Like there are other photographers better than me. There are people who have other skills cooler than me. And like, you don't need a skill to be 
a good person. I'm just saying, like, I yeah. worked really hard on this, and I like it. You know, it'd be like, it's like, it's like a store-bought cake versus a home-baked one, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's just like, you know, there's, either one can be an, an expression of appreciation for something, sure. whether it's a person or the, the love of car enthusiasm. One just has this, you know... It the the effort put into it is something that you would like to be recognized. That's and so mm -hmm. I think yeah. saying to people like, "Oh, I worked at my Porsche and all the services," it's like a cool thing. Like you you worked at yeah. it, you know. At, and at and the, I, yeah, at the end of the day, ahead. I yeah I I've had great brisket, and I don't care whose grill it came off of. Like yeah. At the end of the day, I if you cooked it, I am impressed with you as a human being. This is awesome. But just because that you you went and waited in line at Franklin's does not necessarily mean that you have bad taste in brisket. <laughs> yes, you know, like <laughs> that's that's really all. Yeah. That, yeah, I I I admire the folks that can do it. I am super klutzy behind a wrench. I have tried. I have really tried hard. I thoroughly enjoy wrenching on cars. It is a joy for me to do that. I I generally fail. I mean, honestly, if I'm if yeah, I'm I'm really not great at it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, which is which is why I pay people that know exactly what they're doing. Uh, yeah, more often than not, to to you know make sure that yeah, I've learned that I, lesson I think the expensive way. There's one caveat though that I think about, and that's and I think we've all known somebody like this who has clearly bought, but said that they built. Oh, well, that's just, Ooh. you know, yeah, because this is the opposite. Because, see, you oh. know, we talk about not wanting to be like gatekeepy and like goal post setting. And I, I still stand by that's that. But at the same point, setting. yeah, like where, where somebody, you know, clearly bought their way to the front of the line, which is not bad. You know, if, it, again, if, if you have the resources, aren't yeah, inclined if, mechanically to do it, you know, like if, if, sure. if I was going to make a clone of Drew's Miata, but I just, bought all the parts and, you know, like sent it off and had a shop assemble it, you know, whereas and like Drew has do done a lot of the work oh, yeah. himself, you know, like that's okay to do, but man, it to does me, raw sometimes where they're like, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty intensive build. Who, and it's like, who was it recently? Uh, you didn't even touch it with a wrench. There was, there was somebody who <laughs> was, um, I forget. It was some celebrity. It was like, uh, one of the, jenner or kardashian families or something mm -hmm. um who was was proclaimed by forbes to be the world's first self-made billionaire and kylie jenner it was a kylie jenner okay oh. and she came from a family that had uh a net worth millions. in the billions a net worth in the billions yeah. and she had a loans of you know maybe a hundred million dollars from her parents to get her business started and like yes, mm -hmm. she oh, she that all? yeah she did have to work to get a business to make her business successful. It's not like you can just sit back mm -hmm. and make money in some businesses. I mean, you can if you're venture capital, but that's a different discussion. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, Man, you know, if I ever thought we were going to talk about a Kardashian stay, on this, well, I mean, stay tuned for the after hours. I, the thing is, yeah. we were probably going to talk about a Kardashian at some point. If you thought it was going to be Kylie, that was the mistake. Um, <laughs> there's another I don't know which one that there's is. another Kardashian <laughs> that is much more famous for things that are related to the topic of the show but anyway yeah, uh, um, yeah. the the the, the, the thing that I took issue with with her thing was like, I'm the first self-made billionaire, I don't know if she claimed that title herself, but Forbes proclaimed her this, and you know, clearly she had a lot of help getting there and I think the yeah. issue that I have is pretending like you have accomplished something completely on your own when you got help from other people and it shouldn't be shameful to do so 
That's where I look at it from. Right. It's like, if you tell me you built your car and a shop built it for you, I would not have thought less of you had you just told me the shop built your car. But I yeah, I will I... think less of you for for not even admitting that somebody helped you with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like when, when the CRX is getting built, mm-hmm. that's a car that is, you know, I'm building it, quote unquote. Like, I've purchased oh. a bunch of this stuff. But it's, yeah. I literally told, so my friend Emilio in um, Costa Rica is, Currently, he just yeah. got rods and pistons today. He's building the motor yeah. for me. We are literally getting yeah. a sticker for the back of it called "This yes. just says Romero built." Like that's hey, his wiring hey. harness company. <laughs> it's gonna be yeah. when you like if anybody asks yeah. me about that, it's like yeah, you know, I worked on this with my friend, you know, and then I'll probably give them a link to their page and a Bible of like how he's the Honda God and <laughs> yeah, that no, that, that's cred in 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 the world in the world of, of of cheap Hondas, that's singer. Like yes. as far as I'm concerned, yes. if Romero yep. built the motor on that, like that's that's like smoky unit quality. As far as I'm, I concerned. mean, I agree. But like, it's one of those things where it's just like you should give credit to the people who worked on it because they they yes spent yep. the time learning that skill. You know, it's like yes, yep. it's like any other thing. Yeah. You know, if somebody baked you a cake and yeah. you bring it to somebody else's party, give them the credit for it. Don't pretend you did it. Yeah, yep. it's a stolen valor thing, I guess. Above all else, yeah. <laughs> that's why it bugs Whoa. me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so uh, if we can briefly touch back on celebrity bought, or sorry, celebrity built, not bought, can we just take a brief second to talk about T Pain putting coilovers on his E46 M3? T Pain has a permanent invitation to come on this show. <laughs> yeah, t- like T Pain. T Pain. Yes. Uh, I think I've sent you the photo, Drew. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. I yes. love everything about that. I Somebody who clearly T-Pain's has no problem catalog. affording. Yep. Paying somebody to do it and still goes, nah, yes. I think that's cool. I'm gonna do yeah. that. Yeah, that's yes. how it should be. It's like he has the choice that's, to that's go either way, and he's like, nah, I yeah. feel like doing it. It's fun. Yeah, and it's like cool. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah, he's taking the hard route when he could easily take the easy route. See, I don't I think, think it's awesome. I don't think it's a hard versus easy route though. Like he could like I don't think that's fair. I think that's I fair. think that it would be. I think that it is a a new skill versus an old skill one. It is choosing to develop a new sure. talent that you don't need to have versus mm-hmm. you know choosing to just not develop that talent. Like it's like yeah, it's like I've been trying to learn how to sew and it's really really hard. And like I still continue to wear clothes that I bought, and I'll probably do that even after I learn how to sew. Like I'll be proud and brag about it if I learn how to sew and start to wear stuff from it. But it's really hard, and I I'm not I don't think that saying that you buy clothes is the easy route. And that's kind of how I look at the whole car that's, repair that's thing. That's true. So like okay. T-Pain yeah. working on his car like is just that. like, this is a rich guy who doesn't need to learn any more skills because he's already rich and successful. And he's still like, no, nah, I think it's cool to learn more stuff. I'm going to go learn more stuff. Yeah. And that to me yeah. is like why it's like, oh my God, this, you know, that, that kind of, uh, I guess, desire to immerse yourself mm-hmm. in a new thing, even, even well past the point of even needing to is super cool to me. So yeah, T Pain should yeah. come on the show. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And actually, show. this makes me think. Um, you know, I know we've been talking about like I don't do my own oil change. I do do my own oil change. Just a thought, and maybe people can let us know on Twitter. Uh, I think it'd be kind of fun if we did like a like change your oil live stream night. <laughs> I think that would be actually I, pretty I do awesome. Think. Actually, need well, to do no. one on the Accord. Well, wait a minute. I, how, how I've got one coming up on the Cayman because I could I could go change the oil on that E38 
if everybody like if, if we want to make this a live stream everybody watches folks tune in to just yeah. just see what goldschlager comes pouring out of that engine oh bay. my god mm-hmm. yeah that ooh, that is a seven series uh yep i don't know what else to we're say talking, about it talking starry night and we're not talking van gogh Ooh, no a little bit no. of glitter in that paint yeah it uh it's a metallic oil change yeah <laughs> yep Anyway, so I, I think to to sum up, uh, yeah, don't uh, cars is investments at your own risk. Uh, if you bought a ninety thousand dollar CTSV, I'm still angry. If you bought a two hundred twenty one thousand dollar McLaren, good luck. Uh, and the secret of being a car enthusiast is liking cars. Did I get all that? Yeah, did we do that right. That I right. think the only thing you miss misstepped on was the McLaren. Is if you bought it for two hundred twenty one thousand dollars. Nice. <laughs> if you bought it for three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars new from the dealer, <laughs> yikes! Did I get that right? I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, I think th- no, I, I think you definitely got that right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can't can't knock on a dude that got a half price McLaren. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I I actually have to look this 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 up real quick. So, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. What is three hundred and ninety-seven? I'm trying to figure we, out right now. Are we still doing McLaren math? I think we no. are. Can we call that McLaren math if it's yes, any absurd should. amount of depreciation? <laughs> it's just McLaren math. I actually I, I want to know this. So uh, circuit like a like a Mercedes CLA experiences McLaren math. Yeah. Okay, so thirteen point six two six times three ninety seven. What are you doing? Uh, oh, I'm trying to figure out how many like so sixty two hundred miles. How far like how far theoretically could you do? Eight eight point four six seven. Eight four six seven times three ninety seven. Okay. Got to the it. viewers yeah, out there or listeners out there, you are as in the dark as yeah, well. Yeah, I have no yeah, idea. So uh that's it. the 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 distance record at at the uh, circuit of Lasarth uh, is uh, three thousand three hundred and sixty one point three nine nine miles. Uh, so the owner of this McLaren uh, could have covered this distance in less than two days. <laughs> the R fifteen is still worth more. Just saying. Well, anyway. on that note. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Oh, I got this one. Uh, raise hell. Praise hell. Damn it! Burn down Applebee's. Yeah, I, I told you, man. As long as as long as I can, I will proclaim burn down Applebee's. I mean, I I feel like that's, I'm, a, I'm a fan. It's 2020. That's a political philosophy these days. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Remarkably close to my own. <laughs> I want to yeah. put that campaign sign in my front yard. <laughs> burn down Applebee's 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Folks are just, just going to think that you're militant chilies. Is that yeah. the name of the party? Militant I think chilies? that's called that that Alanis' There's Twitter too many feed. subsidies on the mozzarella sticks. Yeah. It's got to end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cisse Poite, we are Bedigans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Lord. Yep. Would Bedigans really use Cisse Poite? No, categorically not. No, I mean, yeah. they, they would They would use, I mean, it's it's... 
I I was gonna say that like, I thought Benigans, it would be something related to the Troubles or the Good Friday Accords, but I'm fairly I was gonna say nothing less Bene- Irish than Benigans. Oh no, I was gonna say Benigans is like where all the old people go, so it'd be Benigans. Bedtime is nine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think this has run on long enough. I think so too. <laughs> yep.